Happy Sabbath. Thank you, Pastor Robin Choi, for sharing. Uh, a few months ago, for Sabbath morning, I, I pulled into the church parking lot and I looked for my iPad and I couldn't find it. So I, I low-key, like, panicked just a little bit. I did all my, I do all my sermons, Sabbath school, everything on my iPad. So I was like, where is it? I know I brought it. Usually I bring my church bag. Yeah, I have a church bag, which is really cool. Um, I usually have it in my bag, and I didn't bring it that day. I knew I put it on the passenger seat. I looked, at, I looked for it. I couldn't find it. I, I looked behind me in the back seat. I couldn't find it. I was like, where is it? And then I prayed. I was like, Jesus, I, I, I need to find my iPad and open my eyes. And there it was, my iPad. Look. We're going to play I Spy. I Spy my iPad. Where is it? Do you see it? Here's another picture for it. Do you see my iPad? I go out. I go out and take a picture. I'm like, I'm using this for my sermon for sure. And there it was, just like that. And I was amazed. I was like, man, I'm an amazing driver. (laughs) Right? I mean, come on. How did it stay there the whole time? It's just crazy. Loma Linda Church, this is what our Rooted series is all about. So in our church, we've been going through this series called Rooted. Today is actually week seven. Okay? In our life, our life is a spiritual journey. And as we go through our lives, we have our, our hardships, we have our spiritual hardships, we have our pain and suffering. There, there will be wind, there will be storms, there will be bumps on the way, but we can be grounded, we can be rooted, we can be rooted in Jesus, we can be rooted in the Word of God, and we can still be still intact, just like my wonderful iPad. We can maneuver through this spiritual journey in our lives. So, so that all of us can live the life God created us to live. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath with all these beautiful people. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Loma Linda Church and Pro Musica, all of you are a poetry. Do you remember Pastor Junior's sermon last weekend? All of us, you are God's poetry. Can I hear amen? amen? Yes, that was last week. And if you missed it, 
please go to our YouTube channel, our church YouTube channel, and please watch it again. And while you're at it, please don't forget to click subscribe. (laughs) We are God's poetry. I am God's poetry. So what are you going to do with your life? Now that you know, now that you know that you are God's poetry, how are you going to live your life? You better live your best life, right? You better live your best life ever. But do you know? Do you know how to live your life? How to live your your best life? It's not about living it up. When we hear the question, how can I make the most of my life? We immediately think about living it up, right? Having fun, um, eating the best food, right? Living in the biggest house or, or driving the best cars or going on the most extravagant vacations or wearing the best clothes or having the bougie stuff, right? Like, oh man, I'm living it up. Like, I'm making most of my life. But as followers of Christ, we know that God intended something different for all of us. And he thought about something different when he created us. Our lives are not about having the most likes and most followers on Instagram. They're not about looking the best and getting the most attention. All of these are meaningless. They are vain. All of them focus on self. And as long as the focus is myself and my pleasure, our life eventually becomes meaningless. That's not what God was thinking when he created us. When God created you, he's put a special purpose in you, in your life. This is why even in the eyes of the world's so-called success, people get depressed and find void in life. They fill their lives with things that the world desires, but they still feel empty. But some people, they may not have much, but their lives seem full. Um, They're filled with happiness and joy. Why is that? What is it that makes my life meaningful? Well, we have to see the life of Jesus to figure that out. What was the life of Jesus about? What did he do? How did he live out his life? Turn with me to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Actually, you don't have to turn with me. You can look at it. Look at it with me, okay? Here we go. Verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Everyone, look back and look at the lobby of our church. Go ahead, you can, you can look at it. And you're going to look at, you're going to see a map. On top of the map, of the map you're going to see our church mission statement. What does it say? Follow Jesus, love like Jesus. That's our church mission statement. 
Do you see our church mission statement in this passage? When I was preparing this sermon, I was like, wow, I, I, I did not. I didn't mean to do this. This was not intentional. But it kind of fell together. Uh, love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. There it is. Our church mission statement. Jesus, towards the end of his ministry, he gathered up all his disciples and um, he washed their feet and he fed them good food. And then he wanted to share something really important. He said, guys, I'm not going to be here with you anymore. I'm going to be gone. You're not going to see me anymore. Okay, but I'm going to... I'm going to share with you something really important. I want you to remember this, okay? This is what I was about. So listen up. Then Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. By that love, everyone will know that you are my followers. I give you a new command, not a recommendation, not a proposition, not a suggestion. A new command I give you, love one another. As a follower of Jesus, we have to do this. What was Jesus about? Love. And then he said, love as I have loved. Pastor Josh from the Rock Church in South Carolina puts it this way. And he uses Matthew chapter 25 to describe this love, the love that Jesus showed. Okay? There are three stories in Matthew chapter 25, and they tell us what life of loving like Jesus looks like. So when you look at it, there's this first story. You, you know this, actually. The first story is actually about lamp. Okay? So, So the first story is actually about lamp, and it's about loving God. There was a wedding, and there are ten young ladies, uh, and they're supposed to prepare lamps, okay, for the wedding banquet. But the groom was delayed, and quickly the ladies realized that they didn't have enough oil. But what happened was the other five, they actually had extra oil. When the groom showed up, Five young ladies who didn't have enough oil, they had to go buy more. But while they were at it to buy more oil, the banquet already started and the door was shut. Only the ones with extra oil made it into the banquet. What this first story, story number one, teaches us about love is we need to love God. I mean, you've heard Many sermons about this parable, this story before, right? I mean, you can look at this in several different angles. The way I want you to see today is your love for God, okay? Um, Do you have the oil? And does your lamp have light? Okay? You know, this story is about love. Think about this. What's the best thing about wedding? What's the best thing about weddings? Don't say food, okay? That's embarrassing. Okay, don't say food. I know some of you guys are thinking it. 
And I do love wedding food. Anyway, uh, but it's not, about, it's not about the food. It's not about, it's not about the gifts. It's not about the dress. It's about love. It's the way the, the bride and the groom look at each other. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so the Bible boy and uh, flower girl, they come in and they're so cute and, 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 and they do something stupid and it's cuter. You know what I mean? And then, and then um, the bride marches in and everyone gets up. And the whole time, the groom looks like he was in a puke. You know what I mean? He's got so, so nervous. And then as soon as the bride marches in, I'm telling you, the eyes of the groom sparkle. Okay? And they, they hold hands together and they come up to the altar. And I always tell them, hey, hold your hands and, and face each other. And as soon as they face each other, sparkle all over. It's like electricity all over. You know what I mean? Like I see it all the time. And they have the biggest smile of their lives. It's lit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's about love. This story is about love. Is your life, is your life filled with love for God? Do you have the oil in your heart? Is it burning with love? Is it shining? Your life, is it shining with love for God? Or is it dead? Ran out of oil. When I was young, I, I, I did. But now it's cold and dark. Is God number one in your life? Do you communicate with him through your prayers every day? Do you commune with him through his words every day? Are your minds and thoughts filled with him? Or are you in love with someone else or something else. The second story is about money, but it's actually about love God and do something. The second story in Matthew chapter 25 is about three employees and an owner. The owner is going to be gone away for a while and then he, he gathers all his three employees and says, I'm going to give you uh, five talents, and I'm going to give you two talents, and I'm going to give you one talent. He's gone away, he returns, and then he gathers up all his employees and he goes, what did you do with what I have given you? And then he learns that the one with the five talents, he invested, and then he got five more talents. The second talent guy, he invests he invested really well, and then he got two more talents. The one guy, the one talent guy said, I was really scared that I was going to lose the money, so I buried it. The owner 
tells the five talent guy and two talent guy, he says, Well done, my faithful, my good and faithful servant. But to the one talent guy who buried the talent, you know what the owner says? Something really mean, actually. He says, You wicked and lazy servant. Now, when you receive a report card, what do you want it to say? Do you want it to say, well done, good and faithful, or wicked and lazy? Pro Musica, do you get grades on your Pro Musica? Like when Dr. Moore gives you a report card, does it say, well done, good and faithful student, or does it say, wicked and lazy? <laughs> In Message Bible, the owner says, the owner says, when he learns that this one talent guy buried the talent, he goes, that's a terrible way to live. It's about what kind of life we live. The point here is clear, okay? The owner is saying, I've given you talents, do something with it. Or God is saying, I've given you talents, do something with it. Something very interesting about talents, okay? Have you heard denarius? Yes. So denarii is, is like what you get paid for that day's, one day's wage. Okay? And something really interesting is um, uh, denarius is a day's wage, and when the Bible talks about denarius, it's, it's about what you need. Okay? So take your denarius and meet your needs. Feed your family, feed yourself, clothe yourself, whatever. It represents money you need to meet your own needs. But a talent, talent, my friends, is a big sum of money. It's actually about 75 pounds of gold. Okay? It's a lot of money, a lot more than your own needs. It represents money way more than your needs, which means it represents money you are called to share. Whenever the Bible talks about talents, it's always about develop them, invest in them, and do something good. Your talents are not for you. They're for others. You know how this church is run? This church is run by so many people who volunteer to help and who get involved. This church is run by all the people who share their talents for others. All the churches. Churches would not exist unless we had people who share their talents to serve. But what did the guy with the one talent do? He buried it. He, he hid it. 
Loma Linda Church and the best singers of Loma Linda Academy and your family, we cannot bury our talents. God has given you gifts, talents, abilities, and skills. Do not bury them. What's the name of the choir again? What is it? Oh, you think you're pros, huh? Not a very humbling, humbling name. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you guys sound really good, right? All of you guys sound really good. Um, pro Musica, you, you better not just sing in Pro Musica. I pray that in your local churches, because you sound so good, you, I pray that you sing at your church leading praise all the time. Amen? Use your talents for others. We know that it's not just about musical musical skills. Um, It can be your time or any resources that God has given you. They are your talents. Do something with it. Do something with it. Use them to glorify God and honor God. The third story in uh, Matthew chapter 25 is about... Love God and do something by serving the poor. Um, when you just hear it, like the third story is about actually goats and sheep, okay? And, and I know what you're thinking. When you hear it's about goats and, goats and sheep, you're like, oh, so it's about uh, Mediterranean food, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's about goats, sheep, and hummus. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Jesus says, when he returns in his glory, in, in, in his glorious throne with the, all the angels, he's going to come back. And then he says he's going to separate the nations just like a shepherd uh, separates, separates the, the goats and sheep. And that's what Jesus will do. The king will come and he will separate the nations into two, the goats and sheep. And then he will say to one group, take your inheritance because I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you gave me something to to wear. I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we do that? Then the king will reply, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, you did not give me anything to wear. I was sick, you never visited me. And they're going to also say, Lord, when when did we see you hungry, naked, uh, thirsty? Uh, When when did we see you and we never helped you? He will reply, whatever you did, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Church, all of us 
All of us are called to take care of the poor. All of us. Instead of looking down on them, we need to treat them with love and respect. For our church, Loma Linda Church, now is the time. Now is our season to take care of the poor. We're not going to be a church in the community. We're going to be a church for the community. Amen? Part of this Rooted Series experience, there are several. I know some of you guys did a prayer, like fasting, praying for 16 minutes. Um, we're doing the, the devotion of the workbook. We're meeting in the small groups. Um, Part of the experience is actually service, and that's why we did the Feed the Homeless last weekend. And um, several weeks ago, we're praying about this service, and we're like, we should ask for the number that we want like, people to show up for Feeding the Homeless. So I said 100. I want 100 people show up. And then the week after, we kind of talked about it, and we'll be like, well, if 100 people showed up, um, I think there will be more of us than the homeless people that we're going to feed. So we're like, okay, then we just want about, what, about 100 people uh, get involved with this service project. When we're looking back, there were about 65 people showed up. With the 65 people, like the ratio between us and the homeless people is like one-on-one. Like one on one. You know what I mean? Like we had to make grilled cheese sandwich for ourselves. Well, we wanted to eat with the homeless people last week. But all the small groups that made the hygiene packages together, when we brought them, and in the, during the, the potluck time, when the, all the little kids came, and all the youth came, and the adults came, and the campus ministry came, we all made the packages together. Campus ministry made soup. And youth ministry, they made grilled cheese. Yam made... Young adult ministry, they made, all of us got together, and I was like thinking about how many people got, just about 100 people got involved in this service project. I want the whole church to get involved at a certain point so that we love God, so that we love God and do something, and then we love God and do something by Serving the poor. What's more important than that? What's more important than God's work? Amen? The hungry, thirsty, homeless, shivering, sick, incarcerated, overlooked, and ignored. I know the list is long, but they need us to do something by serving them. Loma Linda Church, our church, should be about what Jesus was about. should be about love. Constantly think about our mission statement. You know why we put it up there? Because when you go out, we want you to look at it and go, yes, even when I go out of this church, I want my life to be about follow Jesus and love like Jesus. 
if you're wondering what all the cool people did in our church, this is it. I'm going to show you our group picture. I don't know where you are last Sabbath afternoon, but this is where all the cool people of our church were. Okay? Rooted week seven tells us love God, love God and do something, and love God and do something for by serving the poor serving the poor. I don't know if you noticed or not, but um, Matthew chapter 25 is right before what? Right after what? Matthew chapter 24. Do you know what Matthew chapter 24 is about? Does anyone know? End times. Yes. So we actually call the parables in Matthew chapter 25 eschatological parables. What it means in fancy words, what it means pretty much is these are stories about end times. And what happens is we see Jesus talking about the end times, what's going to happen. And then, bam, from there, he goes to these three stories. I believe that all these parables are about end times. Actually, if you think about it, look at this. The first story is about the groom coming, which represents Jesus. Second story is about the, the master, the owner coming, returning, which is about Jesus. And the third story is so clear. When the king shows up in his glorious, with the angels in his throne, it's about second coming. All these three stories are about second coming of Jesus. For a long time, the Seventh-day Adventists, we always wondered, how should we prepare for the second coming of Jesus? Well, let me tell you. Because after Jesus talking about Matthew chapter 24, what's going to happen, and then he told us what to do in three different stories. You know how we should prepare for the second coming of Jesus? Is love God, have the lamp, use our talents, and love God and do something, and take care of the poor. Love God and do something for or by serving the poor. Two people think it's great. It's, it's an amen. amen. Amen? Yes! This is not just a way to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. This literally is the way to make the most of my life. Love like Jesus as shown in Matthew chapter 25. Love God. Love God and do something. And love God and do something by serving the poor. Are you living the life that God has created you for? Are you? So God looks at you, and what's he going to say? Like, God looks at you, he goes, what are you doing? God looks at you, he goes, what are you doing with your life? Is he going to say, what are you doing with your life? Or is he going to say, well done. Well done. You know what we do with Jesus? Most of us do what I call Starbucks faith. Okay? We're willing up to, up to a certain point. 
Jesus, okay, I'll show up to church. Um, okay, okay, I'll go to small group. But that's it. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting uncomfortable already. So that's it. Like, that's as far as I am willing to go. It's like, I'll meet you at Starbucks, but you're not coming to my house. I'll meet you halfway, okay? I'll come out to Starbucks and meet with you, but coming into my house, no, that's, 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 that's too invasive. That, that's too uncomfortable. You can have part of my life, but not the whole life. Friends, this week, week seven is about giving it all to Jesus. Give them all to Jesus. How can I make the most of my life? Surrender your life fully to God. Let the Spirit lead you. Follow Jesus and love like Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everyone here. We thank you for ProMusica, all these young, wonderful young people who have these gifts in music. Lord, in our lives, help us to keep the light going, keep a lamp lit. Help us to shine because we're in love with God. And then, Lord, help us not to stop there, but help us to go to the next step and actually love God and do something. Because we know that talents were given to us, not for my sake. Lord, we know that you do not bless people for their own sake. You bless them so that they can be a blessing to others. So help us to use all our abilities, skills, and talents to bring you glory and honor. And then, Lord, as we prepare ourselves for the second coming of Jesus, we want to hear the kings say, well done. Well done. I know you. You are my follower. So Lord, help us in our lives. Help us to follow you and love like you. In Jesus' name, amen.